Hey everyone, Shan here with Practice Indie Yoga's first ever podcast episode. Um, I just threw my phone too, so it's off to a good start. Uh, welcome. My name is Shannon Brasovan. This is Practice Indie's first ever podcast. We are a yoga studio in downtown Indianapolis as well as a satellite location in Broad Ripple. And I am starting this podcast for a couple of reasons. One, I want to share our philosophy component. So for those of you unfamiliar with us, we offer a yoga focus or a philosophy focus each week in our programming. And um, the reason we do that is one, to appreciate yoga instead of appropriate it to teach the full spectrum of the practice. And two, to help people. The philosophy is, is the component of the practice that really sticks longer than some of the other pieces like the asana. Depending on your age, depending on your um, lifestyle and ability, the philosophy is always helpful and long term. So we like to teach that part. Um, for those reasons. So one, I wanted to start this podcast to share the philosophy. Uh, So each week as we do our focus, you can listen in and uh, get some tidbits on how to apply it to your day-to-day life. Two, I wanted to make the philosophy a little bit more digestible. I think sometimes... um, uh, my one of my mentors says clarity is king or clarity over cleverness that we get so wrapped up in our own industry speak of you know the exact Sanskrit words and the exact text and I think the interpretation into the modern world is what's helpful for all of us to be a liaison from more like monk ascetical language to you know 2019 2020 modern day human just trying to live my life so um so that's the other reason is i want to help make it a little bit more pedestrian so we can use it so we can use this beautiful philosophy um and the other is to give practices for self inquiry self practice Um, This is really what Practice India is all about. We're about the consistent practice or repetition um, of becoming the self, of of owning or mastering ourselves. And uh, I think that's where we'll start off today. Um, Today I wanted to share our story and who we are and why we do what we do. So... um, we got started, and by we, I mean myself, my husband, and my husband's best friend, now one of my best friends from childhood, Jared. <clears throat> my husband's name is Peter. We moved down from Chicago to come back to their alma mater area, IUPUI, to open a CrossFit gym about eight years ago. And as we were in that process, I worked for Lululemon, and then I worked for Salesforce, And during that time, uh, we recognized in our athletes, our CrossFit athletes, that there was a need for mobility. So parallel this to when we moved down here, I knew nobody. I was like, who the hell lives in Indiana? I'm from Alabama, so I don't know who I was to judge. Um, But (laughs) I had no friends, and I'd been a very serious practitioner of yoga for a long time. Um, I had come to the yoga practice just completely mentally and physically ill and needed 
help. I needed a lot of help and I had seen therapists that wasn't working. I was really struggling um, emotionally in college. And so yoga was the thing that brought me out of that slump. I had a teacher named Swami Doug. I tell this story all the time. But Swami Doug uh, was a very tall white man who wore a turban and a banana hammock basically. And uh, I remember the first day we were doing headstand and he crouched down and I had a very intimate experience with his banana hammock, but it was not like creepy or non-consensual. It was just close up, you know what I mean? Um, but I, he actually ended up being an incredible teacher, always taught philosophy first, um, expected rigorous discipline, and that class really saved me. So I was doing yoga when we lived in Chicago, when we moved down here. I was like, well, I don't really have any friends. I will. Uh, start doing yoga teacher training. That's a great way to make friends. It's something I'm interested in. La-di-da, let's do it. Sorry, I had to sip on my lemon water. Um, So I was doing my yoga teacher training. We opened our CrossFit gym. Also, we opened it while the Super Bowl was um, coming here to Indianapolis. So um, it was a really exciting time. We were the only CrossFit gym in downtown Indy. Um, Our location was right at... Delaware and like 10th and Delaware or 609 North Delaware was the location. Um, So we were right off of Mass Ave. And as we got going again, we saw this need for mobility. And so I started a yoga class. I've always had um, a service impetus in me. My parents are servants and and really instilled that quality in myself so we started by doing donation classes um during that time period when we were at 609 north delaware uh, we did a whole month of yoga 30 days of yoga and every single day the payment was a canned good which we gave to um hvaf hoosiers veterans assistance fund and uh so yeah that's how we got started it's always been a vein of ours at practice and d so as we grew, I, I always knew I was kind of not cut for the uh, corporate world. I have a um, degree in musical theater and dance, so I can write you a custom tap piece if you want. Um, but I was working for Lululemon and Salesforce, and they're amazing companies, but I just knew it wasn't for me. And so I took the plunge. Basically, I had to convince Peter, like, we will not die. We will find health insurance um, and started teaching full time. And we moved over or expanded to a building that now is our CrossFit gym at 922 North Capitol. We opened up a more stable uh, yoga schedule in conjunction with our boot camp or CrossFit light programming that we call SWIFT. And uh, my dear friend Leslie and I started running together the Swift and yoga programs. We had so much fun cleaning the bathrooms together and uh, making up challenges and taking weird social media pictures. And uh, that was all probably about five years ago. So about five years ago, we opened that building. We expanded those programs. And it was there that Practice Indy really came alive. That was around the time that I ran uh, my first teacher training with Pervy Lippincott, which by the way, Pervy was subbing for me in the little room at 922. So was Lily Mack, if you remember. So um, 
I'm kind of like blurring all of this together because I honestly don't fucking remember like when we got started, how we got started, because it was all such a blur. But um, I do remember the faith of Peter and Jared for me to take the leap. I do remember the camaraderie with those women, with Leslie, with um, Pervy, with Lily. We just had such a good time and it was such a uh, like a synergy. And so when we moved into 922, we moved into this garage that, um, maybe people listening are like laughing because, uh, we called it the yoga womb and there were always like crickets everywhere. There were crickets everywhere. It was freezing in the morning. It was freezing at night. If we open up the garage door, we'd get, you know, like one waft of wind and then, um, it, there'd be like 19 fire trucks. And so you'd be in Shavasana like, woo, 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 woo. And you're like, okay. Okay. Um, so <laughs> that was how we got started. But the amazing thing is it wasn't perfect. It was cold. There were crickets. Um, I used a filing cabinet to, store, cabinet to store all of our props. And and it was amazing. It was just like the best start. The, the like rolling of coming from donation classes to the garage. We continue to offer a donation class on Sundays and we still do to this day. And our ultimate goal is to one day open a donation, entirely donation yoga studio, which I can maybe, if I remember, get into later. So anyway, um, it's just a really incredible time. And that's when really our students started coming to us uh, that were yoga only, not only from the CrossFit realm, which we love our CrossFitters, and it's still a cornerstone to offer mobility for our athletes in the Swift and CrossFit and barbell programs. Um, But also we have our own unique little uh, community within the community of yogis. So we started in the garage. That's when I wrote my first like manual, practice in the manual, and uh, wrote our core values. Our core values are love, laughter, um, self-study. So the Sanskrit for that is swadhyaya, and it it means um, self-study through spiritual text. So since our first real year in the garage or the yoga womb, we did a focus each week. So keying into what we're talking about, why this podcast, We did a focus each week and the focus was always about a philosophical component and my background up until that time was all yoga sutras based as anybody who goes through a 200 hour typically is. So we did a yoga sutra for every week of the year, our first year, which was pretty wild. Um, So Swadhyaya is that self-study component through text. Now, it doesn't have to be yogic text. That could be the Bible. That could be the Quran. That could be uh, the Torah. That could be, um, you know, the Buddha's Four Noble Truths. That could be, um, oh my gosh, what is that? Steinkin book. Um, Y'all, it's about four... um, Anyway, it's like four things I read at the beginning of every year. I'm really nailing it this morning. Um, It could be reading a Malcolm Gladwell book. Like anything that has a nugget of spiritual truth. This is also BT dubs. This is my hot take. You know, the traditionalists be like, uh, stop (laughs) the Bhagavad Gita. Stop talking. But for me, it's anyone who has emerged as a spiritual teacher reading that book and gleaning um, 
knowledge from that is Swadhyaya, or studying those texts is Swadhyaya, and then reflecting on it. Okay, moving on. So love, laughter, self-study, practice. Practice is a huge component of both the yoga, one of the tenets of the yoga practice, or two, practice and, and non-attachment, like keep doing the thing and then let go of your obsession with the results. So practice. Um, and then bliss. Uh, bliss is arguably the goal of the yoga practice but also our natural state like we are trying to return to who we are this is the whole podcast self-mastery returning to your highest self which by the way you sweet baby angels it's already in there you just have to excavate it or sit and let it uh, recedes not the right word open back up or bloom so we are seeking this bliss state that in the deepest irony is already fucking living within us oh i just made up a song are you blessed yeah you are um so so yeah uh bliss that's you know arguably the goal here and you know lol i think i've said it 40 times also your natural state you're already blissful my sweet baby like you don't need to do anything else you already are perfect in the core of you. We're just doing practices and things and studying and loving on ourselves and laughing and like sprinkling glitter just to get there. Do you know what I mean? I had a professor who used to say that all the time. Do you know what I mean? And it uh, would make me LOL. Anyway, um, it was like one word. Do you know what I mean? So where are we? Talked about where we came from, talked about, oh, and we added a core value this year, which is service. Um, So we do service projects about quarterly and we do donation-based classes that go to um, groups in our community. So that's a really big part of myself, of the studio, of the people who are our teachers, our mermaids, if you will. So, excuse me, those are our core values. In terms of our mission statement, it used to be Make self-study, bliss, love, and acceptance common practice for all people. Our little tagline, give yourself permission to be yourself. Uh, We really expanded that to helping people or helping you claim your highest self, like really honing in more so on how... So, so by the way, I believe that yoga will change the world. And if you're a yoga practitioner, likely you believe that too. And how that works is that the more that you get real with yourself, that you love yourself, that you accept yourself as you are, the more we are able to do that for everybody else, the more compassion we have for ourselves, the more we can extend it to everyone else. So we've remastered our mission statement to helping people reclaim their highest self through consistent practice and mastery of being you. Um, Another key phrase we use is I am enough, which is really the phrase that saved me in my mental and physical anguish when I came to yoga, as many people do. So our goal here is to help you or lol take you out of it me (laughs) i'm just running this business for like my own you know self-help lols um for us to reclaim ourselves to see the lotus the jewel within the lotus which is a floofy woo-woo term for just acknowledging that as you are you are enough you don't have to do more you don't have to be more you are intrinsically enough as a breathing being on this planet um so that's really what we're after and um we are i would
would say we're a pretty silly yoga studio. We have a glitter cart, which is totally from uh, Laughing Lotus in New York. I actually emailed them prior to putting it up. I was like, hey, don't want to steal your ish. Do you mind if I give you credit, but also host a little glitter bar at my studio? So um, we have a glitter bar. We call our, our teachers mermaids. We have some of the most incredible teachers in the Midwest, if not in the country. I'm so impressed by all of them. We call them mermaids based off of one. I just really like mermaids about five years ago. That was like the chic, trendy, kitschy trend. I said trend twice. Um, but we call them mermaids also because Anais Nin's quote, I have a great fear of shallow living and I like live to depths or I'm like real deep or, you know, um, that was verbatim. <laughs> Obviously, that was the quote. Um, so we call our teachers mermaids. Uh, our first two teachers, Pervy and Lily, really set that tone. Um, if you know Lily, she um, is just like, if you think I have a potty mouth, which actually I've been raining it in, which will probably only last for this episode, but uh, meet Lily. And also um, she's one of the funniest forking human beings on the planet. And also on the flip side, you can get into like the deepest conversations with her. And the same is true of Pervy. She's like this, this like little nugget firecracker that is hilarious and full of genius and wisdom. And also, oh, by the way, should probably be a DJ, but I'm not going to tell her that. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this because she would be a famous DJ. She has the best playlist ever, but also like her classes will just like drop these ancient wisdom bombs on your face and then you walk out with like knowledge schmegma all over you and you're just like ah I've been enlightened so both of them are geniuses and also really funny and also just like real people you don't I don't know um they they don't feel untouchable and yet they're forking brilliant she sips her lemon water so we have evolved that definition of our teachers from the two of them to every beautiful soul that now teaches at our studio. Uh, what else? We, um, we've got a glitter cart. We try to put, you know, funny, pithy affirmations around. Um, I think we really just celebrate the student. That's a big part of who we are at practice indeed that it's not necessarily about the seat of the teacher. Teachers are just students who have maybe 10% more knowledge or, or have a great capacity for facilitating a room. Um, but we really pride ourselves on our teaching. We also offer weekly a pose, which won't be the focus of this podcast, but something that we'll be using uh, to showcase on YouTube. And that poses to help people grow week to week um, with poses. So if you are someone who's practiced vinyasa yoga, which is the flow style yoga, um, we, I have found when I worked for Lululemon and would take like 4 billion yoga classes a day, I have found that basically there's either a canon of yoga poses that are used every single day, every single class, which one will lead to injury because we keep doing the same thing, arguably in misalignment and that just often causes injury or two um it's the same canon of poses maybe you don't get um injured but you never see some of the other like more interesting or really awesome or really helpful poses because it's hard to fit them in so we do a pose each week to really help you gain knowledge and mastery is not the right word but practice is the right word um 
on some of those postures that you might not see otherwise and get to really work on them. And we scale them uh, for all bodies, all capacities. So it's not like if you can't do this week's uh, pinch my rasana, if you can't do forearm balance, like get out. You know, like we have, um, we have uh, many different ways to get to one pose. Uh, the other thing that we do is we have levels. So we level our classes not to say that you can't do this class, but to set realistic expectations for people. If it's a level one, don't come in expecting you're going to do like a scorpion handstand practice. You're not. You're going to work on more of the foundational aspects uh, versus like a level two, three or a three class. We are going to expect that, you know, chaturanga, um, that you have a headstand practice. Like there will be certain things that we expect so that the container of the class can um, hold those that need that practice and give space for those in other classes where that may be more appropriate for them. Now, I've never turned anyone away. And if somebody, my Saturday morning class is a level two, three, if somebody shows up who is maybe not quite at that level, I just tailor my cues to an if then statement. So if you can do this, then do this. And I believe and trust that the practitioner will know hmm, she just said a word I've never heard before I bet that's not for me um, obviously that you know varies from class to class student to student and then you might have to get more personal but we really try to give expectations from the heat and the levels to the style of class so we have a couple different styles at our studio. Our flow class is one of two, uh, actually one of three. We have flow and go, which is um, a flow-based class where typically the teacher will let you know, but they'll teach you um, a flow and then they will have you run through it on your own with some like great beats and a little bit of heat and uh, you know, good times. Flow and let go is that same flow style with a yin component at the end. So you'll get hot and sweaty, you'll move through a flow, and then you'll have some more like slower downtime. And then alignment flow is more of like um, a lot of my teachers were Anusara, so a little bit more Anusara, and that will stop and do. Um, some technique work or we'll break down a pose a little bit you're not going to flow on your own but it's not going to lack intensity in in parts of it or you know heat building in parts of it but it's also not going to be as hot and sweaty as a flow and go spirit journey is our um is our attempt at offering more pillars of yoga in one class. So it's not only the asana, we focus on pranayama, which is the breath techniques. We focus on meditation. Then we also have a Dharma talk at the beginning where we discuss the focus of the week a little bit more in depth than perhaps your other classes. Uh, Salute the Sun is our morning class, so a warm up to your day. It's a flow class, but definitely uh, taken at a slower pace to get your body ready for the day. Competitive napping is our restorative class, so this is like uh, basically prop building for adults, or uh, I should say fort building for adults. So you <laughs> basically just building a fort. Um, you build a bunch of forts with a bunch of props, and you lay on them, and it's glorious, and you reset your um, you, you reset your rest and digest mode or parasympathetic nervous system to really let your body completely rest from kind of the onslaught of everything that comes at us in the modern world. So it's a really beautiful practice 
um, that promotes deep stillness and not a lot of actual stretching, but more just neurological reset. Um, then we have deep stretch. Deep stretch is our yin class. So this is targeting as it, as it sounds, deep stretching. Um, yin is not my wheelhouse, but what I've been educated on is that it's targeting more of like the, the release of the fascia or softening so that the fascia can kind of soften its hold on us. Um, fascia is the sheath around our muscles. I won't get into that too much more, but um, this class is a little bit more intense than competitive napping in that uh, you're going to be in postures that you'll hit an edge or you'll hit a place where you're like, oh, that's intense. And then you're invited to be aware of that and either back off or you know go to your next edge. Um, so it's not a flow class, but you will be holding uh, postures where you are stretching a little bit more. We have a class called Casual CrossFit Yoga. That's exactly as it sounds, kittens. It's a casual yoga class for CrossFitters. We incorporate um, foam rollers, lacrosse balls, also targeting fascia, but just helping CrossFitters reset from their um, rigorous uh, fitness regimen to help you stay mobile and flexy because that is part of who we are. Um, we also offer a class called R&R. R&R is rest and restore or relax. I wrote the damn programming and I don't know. It basically just means like reset. Um, so our R&R class is a competitive napping with a short meditation at the end. It's 45 minutes and right now it's at 4.15 on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So it's a great way to end your day um, with peace and serenity, but also quickly as you go on to your life. Uh, it's rest and reset. Jeez. We have aerial yoga, which is yoga in the silks. Uh, it's, it is an absolutely incredible practice um, that encourages uh, a way to use a prop that elevates a pose literally and metaphorically. So you can experience the pose from another angle, maybe do the pose that's not available to you on the ground, um, but also it can make the pose a lot harder. It helps build strength. It can help um, stretch in ways you've never done before. Um, almost everyone experiences their bo their back going like like a, a bock. I was gonna say a bock, a back pop, because uh, it helps give some traction to your spine, which feels amazing if you do inversions. We love we love some aerial, um, and then we have our donation classes. So donation classes are on Sundays right now, three forty five, which is led by our teacher training alums and five o'clock. Uh, those are for anyone. Those are all levels. Pay what you can. If you have nothing, if the can is zero dollars, come on. Um, it's just a great way for us to offer yoga when it may not be accessible in other uh, financial means for people. So those are um, cornerstones of our studio. As I'd mentioned earlier about goals, one of my biggest goals is to start a donation-based studio. And, um, you know, I want to get into this in a later podcast episode, but I think the business of yoga has great opportunity for one, it kind of fluctuates between, um, too woo woo and not capitalist focus to incredibly capitalist focus and kind of missing or forgetting that this is a spiritual practice arguably that shouldn't be monetized. Um, but we do live in a capitalist country. And so um, I want to work for myself. And this is not like a, by the way, 
I love Indianapolis and the indie community of yoga studios and teachers is phenomenal. So this is not a knock at any of my like local comrades, uh, but more something I've observed around the country is that we're investing more in yoga pants than we are in yoga practice. And so I, and we're investing more in yoga pants than we are in yoga teachers. And so I am really on a mission to elevate the business of yoga, to make livable working wages, to help bring people in who aren't uh, white, skinny, and able-bodied to have incredible jobs that they're passionate about, um, to make it sustainable. So there's kind of this push and pull of like, it should be free or it should be a billion dollars. Like, I think there's something for everyone, a right fit for everyone. And a way that we can do that, that both isn't robbing the students, but also is honoring the teachers and not in like a guru-y, like drink the Kool-Aid way, but in a way that, like I said earlier, people can live a live a, a, a livable wage, a decent life, a good life doing something they love. Another fundamental belief of mine is so important to practice Indy is that I believe if we're all doing what we love or more of what we love or living out our passions, living closer to our bliss, the world's going to be a better place. So I hope for practice Indy to be a place, practice Indy will be a place where we have jobs for people to live their passions, to live their desires. Um, and And I'm certain that we can do that in a way that's sustainable for both the teacher and the student. Um, So that's a big thing. I do want to create a donation-based studio. I'm super inspired by Patichu and the Patichu Foundation and how how Martha has set that up. She's a flipping genius. Um, And so I'd like to create more profit centers that then feed that donation studio so it never has to worry about the rent or um, paying people or, you know, the lights, the heat, whatever. Um, And I hope for that to also be a feeder system. We offer a scholarship for our teacher training every, our 200-hour teacher training every year. I hope for that to be a feeder system for programs like that, where perhaps it can be a transition um, program, another job placement opportunity for women coming out of shelters or people coming out of prison or... You know, places where we can help give people another alternative into the job market without asking them to pay a million dollars to go back to school, but on scholarship. Um, so these are my dreams. These are my hopes for practice in D um, to, to become those things, to create jobs, to create meaningful jobs, to create centers for those who have means and those who do not, and to be a melting pot of, of those conversations And to really teach the yoga as this podcast is going to illuminate off of our mat into our lives. Uh, This philosophy has saved me multiple times. Um, This lifestyle saves me daily. And so I want to share that. I want to share the genius of our teachers. I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, I can't list them all out. We have 23 teachers, but um, our programmer, Jenna Baker, is who puts together our themes every week. And she's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, So she's the reason we're going to have the topics we have every week to talk about. We're also open to your feedback and what you want to hear about. So we'll do some episodes on uh, just popular conversations that the yoga community is having. um, Or maybe LOL, (laughs) they're not popular, but I want to talk about them. Um, 
so those are all things you can expect if you decide to listen in every week to this podcast. Um, I don't have an exact date of when I'll start launching weekly. My goal is by December 1st, we'll start putting together um, one every week for our 2020, but hopefully sooner. I've got some interviews lined up with our amazing students that we love so much and would love to hear from you about what you would like to hear. So I hope this was enlightening on who we are, why we do what we do, um, and what you can expect from this podcast. I think I said it once, but my name is Shannon, um, and our email is info at practiceindy.com. If you want to request any topics, let us know what you think. Uh, think how this thing works is through um, reviews, so if you enjoyed this, review it if you didn't like maybe go take a couple of breaths and then like I'm just kidding and then leave a review I don't whatever like free world um but really if you get one thing away from this I hope you walk away considering how close am I to my bliss state how close am I to to knowing myself to being my truest self and and what does that look like and perhaps week over week we can help chip away to find that beautiful angel within the stone, alluding to Michelangelo's quote, I carved until I set him, her free. Anyway, my name is Shannon Brasovan. This is Practice Indies Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you week over week.